phone. You're going to have to. Somebody's going to have to eat. I'm just going to keep talking to you. Yeah. Let me get here. Um, the thematics. I want you to taste this. I want you to talk a little about the thematics. Very good. Taste it. That's a very intellectual, a very intellectual point about about uh, whether my parents are uh, regard my parents as characters in a fiction film or in or in a documentary. It's very intellectual. That point. <laughs> it's not a criticism. It's not a criticism. It's something, it's, it's something I never thought of. Come on, the radios get cold. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay. Uh, I, never, I never thought of that, but it's an interesting question because a lot of the uh, stories, the, why I say it's why we make movies for my generation uh, usually come from from the experience and the experience and uh, mm. a lot of the stories that uh, mm. found, my, found their way into movies that like the short film it's not just you murray and mean streets of course all comes from my own personal experience and a lot of the stories i know come from them uh, but i think i think one hopefully there's one more picture i'd like to make which we i can't say too much about but we're working on where uh, we go back into the past, around. and it's really based on them. Well, based on, based on the, the, based on, yeah, they should pass it. Based on, based on the, um, on the experience of the Italian, Italian American. In other words, from the 1920s and 30s into the 50s and 60s, and how the generations change, and how they, the next generation, third generation, loses, loses its, um, its uh, Italian uh, heritage, or becomes more American. Let me put it that way. Uh, but just, a, just a story of survival. The 20s and 30s, based mainly on them and my family. And we're sort of working on that as a pet project, a pet project for, I don't know, in the future sometime. Well, you'll see that. Huh? You'll see that, that picture, then you realize. Well, I said, then, move it around. Maybe I'm gone, it's better because yeah. they, they know where it comes from, and I don't want to get it. <laughs> hey, take the hold. Why they eat a piece? They all, she's holding it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go around. All right, all right, all right, Ed, go ahead. Good. No, let them have a piece. Let them taste it. <laughs> they could eat them. All right, it's okay. They, they, they eat that to they eat. Don't worry, they eat. I'm going to have one ravioli. The trouble is Maybe if they two taste raviolis. it, they, they're not going to have enough because they're going to like it. <laughs> if they taste it, they're not going to work anymore. Where is that from, the, the, the mozzarella with the... That's from the Paola. The Paola had it made special. You don't get physically ill seeing your first rough cut. Something's wrong. You always think you're not going to get physically ill, but you do. <laughs> now, if you're taking this class, you should have the bravery and uh, ignorance of wanting to get something done. People think it's good editing if you can see it. Good editing is something else, too, where you don't see it. Sometimes you think something is dreadfully wrong, and later when you look at it in the context of a cut, I work. Well, in the case of production design, when you take it to casino, the excess is what the film's about, the manic nature of it, the splashiness of the whole thing. We knew that it had a certain quality to it. But it's contrasted later with the confrontations between Joe Pesci and Bob De Niro and just the two of them in the desert arguing. You feel the change. There's nothing there. If the actors want to take a scene a certain place, I'll go with them there. There are things I know don't work immediately, but you shoot it because it's a process. If you had the time on set, I like to tell the actors to try anything. Have the time to fail. Just go ahead, try this, try that. You need that freedom. You need to give them that freedom. Well, of course, when I was younger, you didn't have uh, cameras and that sort of thing. It was too expensive. This world of movie making... Uh, where these miraculous images and stories came from really felt 
very distant. I had a teacher. He was the one to give me the confidence to become a filmmaker, to come from this other world and suddenly be able to express myself. If the machinery of it all seems too big and scary and overwhelming, it's great. You wake up in the morning and you do it anyway. You have to learn it yourself. You have to learn it going through that process. That's the greatest thing any teacher could give a student, the confidence and the inspiration to make you think, well, you know, it's crazy, but maybe I can do it. Now it's time to get to work. I'm Martin Scorsese, and this is my master class. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Of course, today is the 80th birthday of Mr. Martin Scorsese, icon, provocateur, film preservationist. I mean, he wears many, many different hats, but he's also the actor's favorite director. Just ask any actor. From the age of innocence, Winona Ryder. There's no other filmmaker in the world that talks so extensively about other filmmakers than you. I can't get through an article or an interview without hearing endlessly about Michael Powell, Antonioni, Sandy McKendrick, Visconti, Fellini, the list goes on and on. You always leave out one person and it's really starting to aggravate me (laughs) because I think, you know, that he is the best director in the world. And I think that if you weren't Martin Scorsese, you'd really love Martin Scorsese. So I have some laser discs you can borrow (laughs) to check them out. I really think that uh, you're the best director in the world. You gave me the most incredible experience of my life and I will cherish it forever and you've inspired us all so much so I love you very much and congratulations ladies and gentlemen Robert De Niro was flying in from the set in Bakersfield tonight, I was thinking uh, about what I could say about Marty that hasn't already been said. So I, I started thinking of ways that knowing him has affected me in my life. And I realized that one of the ways is, if it wasn't for Marty, I'd be spending tonight in Bakersfield. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I came here to see you honor Marty and his films. Even the ones I wasn't in. Because if anybody deserves this award, it's Marty Scorsese. If for no other reason alone, but his directing. But also for his love of film and what he's done in the way of honoring film and film preservation. Those of us who know him know that he thought at one time of becoming a priest. 
But I really know his vocation was to become what he is today, the high priest of film. So congratulations, Marty, on the Life Achievement Award. I know Charlie and Katie are watching tonight, and they're very, very happy. So 80 years ago, the man, I mean, we could play all of the films. I could bore you to death with that. I think, I think, uh, you know, uh, the number of times that he didn't win the Oscar kind of made it all legendary. He was born Martin Charles Scorsese on November 17th, 1942 in New York City. He holds dual citizenship, the United States and Italy. He's a graduate of New York University with a BA and an MA. He is the son of Charles Scorsese and Catherine Scorsese, who worked in the Garment District. He was originally going to become a priest and instead channeled his passions into film. Thankfully for us, he did that. His films are known for being violent, but at the same time filled with so much um, so much um, essence of, of life and the human condition. He is one of the best. Even the man who beat him many times, the men such as Kevin Costner and Clint Eastwood actors who became directors, all have said Scorsese is the best. He started out with, look who's, who's that knocking at my door and is recently going to do Killers of the Flower Moon. In 2019, he did the epic The Irishman about, well, <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa. Who else could do that but Scorsese and do it in such a... Um, such an amazing way. Scorsese has mentioned his mentors being such filmmakers as John Cassavetes, Roger Corman, and Michael Powell. In film critic Roger Ebert's book, Scorsese by Ebert, Ebert praised Scorsese by championing and supporting other filmmakers, by serving as an executive producer on projects of filmmakers such as Antoine, Antoine Fuqua, Wim Wenders, Kenneth Logren, Stephen Frears, Allison Anders, Spike Lee, and John McNaughton. More recently, he has executive produced the films of the Sadif brothers, Jonah Hogg, um, Josephine Decker, Daniel Lesovitz, Alice Rusher, and Jonas Caprigio. Um, Scorsese has also chosen to name filmmakers throughout the years that he admires, such as film New York filmmakers Spike Lee, Wes Anderson, Bon John Hu, Greta Gerwig, Ari Aster, Kelly Richard, Claire Dennis, Noah Baumbach, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Christopher Nolan, the Coen brothers, and Catherine Bigelow. He has influenced everybody. He, I mean, if you think of his friends, in fact, in 2007, his friends in the filmmaking industry gave him an Oscar. That's when even Spike Lee said he knew who the Oscar was going to. It was the best kept secret that night. But I will say that when I watched, and yes, some have said, oh, The Departed isn't as good. Well, I knew from watching that ending that night that Scorsese was going to win. 
the film as well. The three of us are here because we know what a great feeling it is to win an Academy Award for directing. Yeah, it was, it was the greatest honor that I've ever received. Hey, guys, I never won an Academy Award. <laughs> so why are you here? Uh, I don't know. I got nominated a couple of times. Well, anyway, the two of us know what a great honor it will be for one of the five nominees. Well, I, I, I just want to say that it's much better to give than receive. No, no it's, it's not. not. And here are the nominees for Best Director. For Babel, Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu. For The Departed, Marty Scorsese. For Letters from Iwo Jima, Clint Eastwood. For The Queen, Stephen Fears. And for United 93, Paul Greengrass. Spread out. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to Martin Scorsese. to the Oscars began in 1956 after he entered the seminary and then opted to channel his passions into film. Thank you. Thank you. Could, could you double check the envelope? <laughs> Thank you. So, I mean, I, uh, I'm overwhelmed um, um, with this honor with the Academy and also the honor of um, being presented by my old, old friends. We go back 37 years. I'm so moved and so moved. I've I, I've got to thank Warner Brothers, Alan Horn, and, and, and Dan, and, and, um, and Jeff, and I've got to thank our producers, Brad Graham, Graham King, and Mac Brown, and my old friend Joe Reedy, for working for 20 years, and Rick Yorn, and John Lesher, and Chris Donnelly, and Ari Emanuel, and that crazy script by Bill Monahan that got me in all this trouble in the first place, and um, Andrew Law's original film um, from Hong Kong, the wonderful Asian cinema, and Michael Ballhouse on camera, and Howard Shore's wonderful score, and my old good friend Thelma Schoonmaker, um, Ellen Lewis for her casting, and so much of this belongs to the cast, I can't tell you, Jack Nicholson for his courage and his inspiration, uh, Leo DiCaprio, six and a half years work we've done together, I hope another 12, another 15, uh, Mark Wahlberg, Matt Damon, um, um, uh, Alec Baldwin, Ray, uh, Ray Winstone, and Vera Farmiga, and Marty Sheen, um, I just want to say too that so many people over the years have been wishing this for me. So strangers, you know, I go, I'm walking in the street, people say something to me, I go in a doctor's office, I go in a, whatever, elevators, people saying, I wish you should win, you should win, I go for an x-ray, you should win one. And uh, I'm saying thank you. 
and then the, like some friends, friends of mine over the years and friends who are here tonight or wishing this for me and my family, I thank you. This is for you. And I also want to thank, uh, and I want to thank my daughter Kathy who's here tonight who worked on the film, and Domenica, my wife Helen, and our little Francesco who's seven years old who's watching right now. Francesco, stay up for another 10 minutes, but then jump up and down and make a lot of noise at the hotel. Okay? I'll see you in the morning. Thank you. You feeling it now? And so that was a long overdue Oscar win. Now, yeah, some would say it's a consolation prize, but, you know, The Departed was amazing. It was fucking amazing. And then in 2020, a new filmmaker won. And like all filmmakers, he gave the king his due. Thank you. Thank you so much. When I was young and studying cinema, there was a saying that I carved deep into my heart, which is the most personal is the most creative. 그 말은, uh, that quote was from uh, our great Martin Scorsese. So... <laughs> So when Bong Joon Ho won for Parasite, he thanked Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese has done so many films, and um, we're just going to rely on this list to really just get us through. I'll let them do it, and then we'll come back. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. His are tales of redemption, crime, and violence. Lots and lots of violence. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we're counting down our picks for the top 10 Martin Scorsese movies. <laughs> really? <laughs> for this list, we've chosen the cinematic landmarks of Martin Scorsese's career. The best display is talents as a director, and everything that's quintessentially Scorsese. Oh, and just a heads up, you can expect some mature content. Trust us, it's gonna get messy. Number 10, Hugo. This 3D extravaganza proves Scorsese doesn't need guns, violence, and bad language to captivate audiences. Because this might be an adventure, and I've never had one before. Outside of books, at least. Young Hugo is an orphaned mechanical genius who befriends the goddaughter of an evil toy maker. Is it a secret? Yes. Oh, good, I love secrets. Tell me this instant. Plenty of top-notch talent, dramatic confrontations, and intriguing portrayals of fantasy themes make this family-friendly epic gripping right to the very end. And definitely a standout on Scorsese's resume. My friends, come and dream with me. And you, whatever your name is, what is your name? Number nine, Gangs of New York. Amsterdam, sir. Amsterdam. I'm New York. This movie is a great example of how Scorsese can take his trademark cutthroat gangster themes and successfully apply them to different eras. On my challenge, by the ancient laws of combat, we are met at this chosen ground 
to settle for good and all! Who holds sway over the five points? As Amsterdam Valen returns to New York, seeking vengeance for his father's murder, we're sucked into the gang world and all its betrayal, sex, and slaughter. You tell young Valen, I'm gonna paint Paradise Square with his blood. Two coats. Gangs of New York also exemplifies Scorsese's ability to create eerie personas, especially that of Daniel Day-Lewis's Bill the Butcher Cutting. Seriously, this guy is terrifying. Number eight, The King of Comedy. It's terrific, it's great. In this film, longtime Scorsese collaborator Robert De Niro plays Rupert Pupkin. Will you please give your warmest welcome to the newest king of comedy, Rupert Pupkin! A goofy, obsessive, and mediocre comic who's infatuated with the idea of appearing on the comedy show run by Jerry Lewis's Jerry Langford. Unlike many Scorsese films, this one's a comedy. Say no more, I understand. Which gives Scorsese free reign to explore his actor's versatility. Yeah, I know. You look wonderful too, Jerry. I wasn't leaving you out. <laughs> Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> and although it's a different take on the American dream, it still has Scorsese's signature realism all over it. Better to be king for a night than schmuck for a lifetime. <laughs> Number seven, The Aviator. Aviation films may not be everyone's cup of tea, but this retelling of Howard Hughes' life is truly riveting. Uh, I don't know if you remember me. My name's Howard Hughes. I was wondering if I could have a moment of your time. Closely following each of Hughes' brilliant ideas, as well as his descent into madness, Scorsese gives us a thorough story that manages to keep us intrigued. Uh, so you want me to bribe senators? I don't want them bribed, Jack. I want it done legally. I want them fought. Even though it is over two and a half hours long. DiCaprio's brilliant characterization and Scorsese's use of dramatic angles all make this an integral addition to the filmmaker's legacy. He is to open the bag with his right hand and hold the bag out to me at a 45 degree angle so I may reach into the bag without, without touching the paper. Number six, Mean Streets. You don't make up for your sins in the church. You do it in the streets. You do it at home. The rest is bullshit and you know it. When it comes to the mob narrative, New York City is legendary on the silver screen. And this movie epitomizes why. It follows Charlie, played by Harvey Keitel, as he tries to climb the wise guy ladder. What do you come out going shopping when you owe somebody money, Johnny? That ain't right. How much you got there? Charlie, I'm gonna pay him next week. I'm gonna pay you. You're going, you're going, you're going. You don't do nothing. How much you got there? By helping to write the screenplay, Scorsese lays down a perfect framework that allows him to experiment with some of his earliest gangland directorial techniques. Watch yourself. Don't spoil anything. Honorable men go with honorable men. And with it, he brings some truly malevolent characters to the screen. You don't have the guts to use. I don't, huh? I don't have the guts. Come on, asshole. Come over. Come over. I put this at your ass. Number five, Casino. I had it down so cold that I was given paradise on earth. I was given one of the biggest casinos in Las Vegas to run, the Tangiers. The gloves are off in this ultra-violent Vegas-based gangster flick. 
When two mobsters move into the casino grid, we learn that behind the facade of glitter balls and Bellagio water displays is a world of drugs, murder, and two-faced characters. I mean, what's right is right. They don't give a f about it. With Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci reteamed for another successful outing together. You make me pop your fing eye out of your head to protect that piece of shit! Casino doesn't glorify organized crime as much as some other Scorsese movies. Instead, it offers us the grisly truth. Hi. Lose weight. And I hate these commercials. And YouTube, you can suck it. Number four, Raging Bull. Never went down, right? You never got me down, right? This is arguably Scorsese's greatest portrayal of Italian-American family life. De Niro plays prize fighter Jake LaMotta, who's an animal in and out of the ring. Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Why did you f*** up? Do why did I do anything? I f***ed all What do you want me to say? His temper, paranoia, and downright aggression spell trouble to those closest to him. Me, kill me. Start here, kill me first. Do me a f favor, because you're driving me crazy. Scorsese offers us fly on the wall insights into his broken home, proving that the director knows better than to shoot now, ask questions later when it comes to delicate storytelling. Watch a stick. Bring it over. Bring it over. It's like a piece of charcoal. Bring it over here. You want your steak? Yeah, right now. Stay. Show me your arm. Flip it. <laughs> Number three, The Departed. When I was your age, they would say we could become cops or criminals. Today, what I'm saying is this. When you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? With a complicated plot that sees a mole in the mob and a mole in the police department cross wires, this complex storyline has many great characters to choose from. Unfortunately, this shithole has more leaks than the Iraqi Navy. F yourself. I'm tired from your wife. How's your mother? Good, she's tired from my father. Escaping the usual routine of evil versus evil and giving us something far less black and white. You're lying to me. Not exactly. The Departed is another example of how Scorsese can adapt his methods to 21st century expectations. And the result was his long-awaited first Best Director Oscar. <laughs> Just kidding, how's your mother? Uh, she's on her way out. You all are, act accordingly. Someday a real rain will come and wash all this scum off the streets. Number two, Taxi Driver. It's the tale of a Vietnam vet turned late night taxi driver turned vigilante, a man who just can't take the deteriorating concrete jungle of New York. Abby, just forget about this, it's nothing. Using a layered character like Travis Bickle, Scorsese again offers us a genius critique on the American dream, raising questions about life after war, redemption, and fighting for what you believe in. Just wanna go out and, and you know, like really, really, really do something. With an ambiguous ending that's been torn apart since its release, Taxi Driver has gone down in Hollywood history as one of the greats. You're talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? Government employees are rocket flying. Before we unveil our number one pick, let's give a shout out to some of our honorable mentions. I'll give you a briefing about the institution before you left. All I know is it's a mental hospital with the criminally insane. Fear, I suppose. 
that to remember his name or what he did would mean letting him into our dreams. But in the last year, I'd started to lose that control. I've been seeing the ghosts. You ever notice people who see things are always crazy? Mm-hmm. Number one, Goodfellas. Based on the true story of Henry Hill, this film follows Ray Liotta's journey through the mafia as he bribes, beats, and blabs his way to the top. It's gonna be a good summer. I'm proud of you. That is a lot of money for a kid like you, right? Scorsese favorites like Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci round out the cast list and pull out all the stops to show us their trademark crazies. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to amuse you. For us, this film sums up Scorsese perfectly as a filmmaker. It shows off his skills as a storyteller and his ability to make even the most confrontationally violent scenes enticing to watch. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Do you agree with our list? Maybe. Maybe not. Which Scorsese film got your movie lover motor running? For more top tens published daily, be sure to subscribe. And so, we're back, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I thought, you know, Mojo.com would do the heavy lifting. Martin Scorsese is a filmmaker, is one of the best. Yes. And I and I love where, you know, others say, well, there's this one. But if you remember that clip of Winona Ryder saying how it bothers her that Martin, Martin Scorsese never mentions himself as a great director, because she sure as hell did. He's done everything from documentaries about Bob Dylan to the band um, to making a film about um, Kundun to... Uh, directing Paul Newman to an Oscar in The Color of Money, the unofficial, well, yeah, the sequel to uh, uh, The Hustler. I mean, Martin Scorsese is one of the best. He is the best of the best. And um, people just work with him wanting that experience. And um, Sharon Stone, Sharon Stone, she got her only Oscar nomination playing a hooker in Casino. You know, uh, Kate Blanchett won an Oscar for playing um, Catherine Hepburn. So, yeah, I mean, he he really is one of the best. And um, every you know, I mean, everyone has there. There's a good thing where um, when they were casting for Star for Indiana Jones and. Lucas said, I don't want Harrison Ford to be my Bobby De Niro. That's actually a compliment. And then the late Ray Liotta, who, I mean, was so brilliant in um, Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese really is a national treasure. We can't say that anymore. I mean, you know... I mean, what can we say? Uh, what can we say about him? Uh, 
which was a written part for the for here we go Vince Vela. But the improvisation was, I said, Mom, every time he every says that F word, you tell him, watch his language. Hundred dollars, whoever hits the plan. And as if things weren't bad enough, in comes Piscano, the Kansas City underboss. He ran that little grocery store in Kansas City where they bought the suitcases. They're fighting over those suitcases again. You know what that means, right? You know what that means, right? That means I got to take another trip out to Vegas and it's going to cost me another couple of grand. He ran it with his brother-in-law, but mostly what he did was complain. Complain about his trips to Vegas to his brother-in-law and to his mother all the time. got to lay down the law. Otherwise, they're going to make a fool out of you. And make a fool out of me. I write it all down in this book. Every fucking nickel goes down right hey, here. Receipts oh, here. Wow. Receipts here. Bills here. Everything's here. Since when do you talk like that? I'm sorry. It's not Nance gives me here. trouble and I'll tell him, screw around with those suitcases and I'll take the eyes out of his freaking yeah. head. Again. I didn't crash this freaking head. That's enough. I'm sorry. And what happens next? You can't believe it. I mean, who the hell would believe that the FBI had a wire in the place looking for some information about some old homicide, about some guy who was whacked out God knows when over God knows what? To prevent them with the suitcases that he could take what he wants. Fucking Nancy brings us back two suitcases from the Tangiers, and what about three or four? We got nobody in the room to watch. That's the law. You know, we can't even go into the counter to watch our money. Could you believe this cowboy bullshit? And sure, he's got his people in there. But how do you know? They could all be in on it together, those miserable fucks. I'll find out, and if it's Green himself, I'll bury that bastard. I've never trusted him. And you know, I got eyes behind my head. They trust that scumbag, I don't. Right now, the way I feel, I'll hit the two of them in the head with a all fucking right, shovel. Mom, I'm them. sorry, they're beating me up tonight. Mom, I'm sorry, I'm all upset. Know, you, know, you, know, you know what they're doing to me. I, know, I can't take I this it. no more. Back and forth, back and forth. Take it easy. Dude. All right, all right. But Again, I, a heart attack you know, like I'm, that. I'm too upset right now. It was so much fun because we, we kept that stuff for the last week of shooting, and we had fun with him and my mother. We kept it for the last day. And my mother, you know, she'd get a little sometimes two cameras going. She didn't know when we were shooting or not. But he kept, he was very good. You'll see, you'll see, he keeps incorporating her into the improvisation. Also, you know? in, with your mother, it's My mother was improv, improv, but he had speeches. So she would interrupt the speeches, and he had to then pick up where he was in his energy. Yeah, it was very was hard. a little difficult for yeah, me because Marty would say hard. to me, while you're, you're doing your dialogue, she's going to interrupt you. Yeah. And while she interrupts you, turn around and politely say something to her. Yeah, but then mom. remember where you left off and, and pick up. And I said, oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a jam. I'm going <laughs> to jam. Good luck. But I did it. came off great. We did about 40 takes when we got yeah. there. <laughs> 40 takes. Yeah. Oh. It, it, it was very, you know, it was hard. It was hard because cutting him, cutting off the energy of it, you had to be careful. And then we covered ourselves fairly well in film, and I cut it. We did like 20 cuts of that, that scene. We finally got it sure down. Then. And then it has to be put to this. And the damn thing is, they go and hear all this stuff about Las Vegas and the casinos and suitcases, and that's it. start handling things the way I did years ago, start kicking ass. Would you believe that such a thing could happen? Every FBI man across the country had their ears open now. I mean, Piscano, this guy, basically sunk the whole world. And I couldn't believe this shit. Piscano's expense reports took the cake. Oh, this is good. Bingo. He might as well have given him a fucking blueprint. Everybody's names, addresses, dates, everything. Look at this. Thank you so much, Mr. Piscano. How considerate of you. Appreciate it. Those are my mother's books. Right. What a fucking balloon head. Poor Artie. He got so upset he had a heart attack and dropped dead right there in front of his wife. 
some of that is a really great interview with Scorsese talking about his mother in ca- Casino, which is hilarious. The late Catherine Scorsese. We're going to end tonight with that one last epic that Scorsese pulled in 2019. You know it. We all know it. It was as long as fuck. On very specific charges. So, you have a show up late. No. Do you have any moving violations? No. Do you drink on the job? No. You ever hit anybody? On a job? Yeah. I don't think so. All right, then. We don't have nothing to worry about. I want you to meet my cousin, Russell Buffalino. How are you? Hi, nice to meet you. It was like the army. You followed orders. You did the right thing. You got rewarded. A friend of ours is having a little trouble. A friend at the top. Back then, there was nobody in this country who didn't know who Jimmy Hoffa was. You got a gun! Get that gun out of his hand! You always charge a guy with a gun. With a knife, you run away. So you charge with a gun. With a knife, you run. Hiya, Frank. Would you like to be a part of history? Yes, I would. Big business and the government are working together, trying to pull us apart. Something's got to be done. What else you say? Now's not the time to not say. I'm a natural lover. We're going at war with these people. War. Things have gotten out of hand with our friends. You gotta sit down, everybody says so. No, I'm not sitting down, I can't do it! It's what it is. What it is. I know things they don't know I know. It's gonna happen. Either way, he's going. You know, I don't, uh, I don't care whether you did it or not. That makes no difference to me. Yeah, I know. I'm here to defend you, right? Right. What do you want to know? You want to know if I did it or not? No. <laughs> and so, in 2019, three years ago, no, released on November 1st to Netflix, and, yes, also in the theaters for a limited time. Um, Scorsese put out The Irishman. This was, I mean, the, I haven't watched it all the way through, so I should shut the fuck up. Uh, see what happens when you talk about Scorsese. It was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. Didn't win shit. This had been in development for years. Okay, Steve Zalian uh, did this, the screenplay. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Harvey Keitel, Anna Paquin, Ray Romano, Stephen Graham, Bobby Cannavale. This was a riches of riches, okay? It cost 159 to $250 million to make, and it got $8 million at the box office. So what do you want? <laughs> or as my friend would say, forget about, forget about. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's why you need to be on the show. Um. Um. Yeah, yeah. It was it was long. It was long, but it did really well. And um, 
Next and 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 twenty twenty Netflix revealed the film had in fact been watched by sixty four million households over its four weeks of release, among the most ever for one of their original films. It was limited theatrical release in November of twenty nineteen, and then it went to Netflix. The marketing, I mean, it was nominated for ten Oscars. it was released to DVD and Blu-ray, the Criterion Collection. What do you think about that, Jason? And yes, Jason and his wonderful wife, Christina, love The Wolf of Wall Street. They do. So I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. It was kind of put together with chewing gum to honor one of the greatest living filmmakers, Martin motherfucking Scorsese. And... um yeah, that's the stuff that dreams are made of. He's not just a filmmaker. He's a film preservationist. He is a film lover. He is a film doctor, okay? And everything that you could ever want in film is due in part to Martin Scorsese. So when he did finally get that Oscar, that was that was a cherry on the cake, but it wasn't... He still had more to say because when some people win that Oscar, you don't hear from them again. But with Martin Scorsese, he kept on going. He kept on going. Uh, He did uh, documentaries on the Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, the band. Um, He was in uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, Life 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 in Pictures where he talked about Kubrick and, and his admiration for Kubrick, his admiration for Steven Spielberg and... I mean, these filmmakers all love one another, you know? And so from all of us who love films and from the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, where we talk about films and music and also Scorsese's love of the Rolling Stones in his films, I mean, come on. So happy 80th birthday, Martin Scorsese. Thank you for enriching our lives and giving us these luminous characters who fuck shit up. Unpleasant dreams.